Hey, cool stuff. I, I don't know if you've caught it, but there's just a fresh wind blowing in this place, and there's a momentum uh, with uh, what God is doing. I mean, it is a regular thing right now for us to uh, be putting people into overflow on our services. Uh, we, we've got maturity going on in our church. We've got small groups that have all been launched. Our adult hallway has become too small, and we're putting tents up outside uh, to do adult uh, classes and small churches in. Our student ministries is just going full force. I mean, God is doing crazy, crazy stuff around here. And it caused your staff to say, well, what would God want to do next? I mean, what, what could be the, the, the next thing that God would do in the life of Cornerstone? And, and what if we joined him in that? What if we just said, God, okay, so here's 2013 coming up. And, and in 2013, we're just going to let you go as far as you can with us. Take us to wherever you want to take us. Just let, it, let us be that church that you get to do whatever uh, you want to do. And we said, what, what would happen if a church fearlessly followed God for a year? What if we just said, look, I, we don't care what it costs, we don't care what it takes, we don't care how inconvenient it gets, we, we're just going to fearlessly do whatever God wants us to do for a year. Uh, what would that look like? And so we began to pray and said, God, what are the things you want us to tackle? What is it you want us uh, to do? And one of the things that came up right at the very top of the list uh, it was that we felt God just said, look, you've got a lot of growing up to do still. Uh, you may have started this thing, and you may have a little bit of momentum in this thing, but you have got a lot of growing up uh, that needs to happen uh, in Cornerstone. And so we began to ask and say, what would happen? What would happen if all of our people just simply said, okay, God, look, here's the deal. For a year, you can do whatever you need to do in my life. You can grow me as far as you need to grow me. I'll go to whatever class I need to go to. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. God, you just take me as far as you can take me uh, in 12 months in growing me up in Jesus. What would happen if you and I fearlessly chased after maturity and growing up for a year? Uh, where would we be? And the reality is the series that we're going to talk about the next three weeks really is a vision series for 2013. It's really a moment of just saying, hey, what do we believe that God is doing with us? Where do we believe God wants to take us? And what if you and I simply fearlessly, we put aside all the excuses, we put aside all the things that concern, and just said, look, whatever that is that God wants to do with us, we're going to do it for a year. And so the first one we're going to tackle is this idea of maturity. What if we simply said to God, we, just grow us up. For the next 12 minutes, just grow us up. Do whatever you need to do in our lives to grow us. So I want us to grab a passage this morning. It's a place in which Jesus talks about this maturity journey, this idea of growing up in Him and what it requires and what it's going to mean if you and I do this fearlessly. So if you grab your Bibles, it's Matthew chapter 13. If you're not real familiar this morning, if you go to the back of your Bible and then uh, work to the left, you're going to find this. Matthew is the first book in what we call the New Testament. It's the first uh, gospel, the story of Jesus. It's Matthew chapter uh, 13. And in this moment, Jesus is speaking in a parable, and, and sometimes Jesus does this because in the midst of a parable, in the midst of telling a story that included in which is a spiritual truth, you and I tend to remember the story better. And Jesus is saying, look, this whole issue of maturity is such a big deal. I'm going to tell it to you in a way that you're going to remember this lesson uh, in your life. And so he chooses in this moment to tell a parable, a truth of Scripture in a story. 
Here it is. It's uh, Matthew chapter uh, 13. We'll just start in verse 1. Here's what it says. In the same day, Jesus went out of the house, uh, and he sat by the lake. Such a large crowd gathered around him that he got into a boat, and he sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. And then he told him many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow seed, and as he was scattering seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It quickly sprang up, but because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no roots. Then seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundredfold, sixtyfold, or thirty times. What was sown? Whoever has ears... Let him hear. And it's interesting uh, because in the midst of this, Jesus' disciples look at him and say, I, we don't get it. I mean, what, what are you talking about? What, what, you know, seeds and weeds and, you know, what is that whole thing? And what you and I are about to discover is that in the midst of this, Jesus is talking about the pathway to maturity. He's talking about different types of Christians and how they either respond to growing up in Jesus or how they opt out and go, look, that's just too hard. There, there's no way I can do that. I, I could never be a Christ follower in that way. And they opt out of maturity. And so Jesus then begins to explain this parable uh, to his disciples. So jump down with me uh, to verse 18 as Jesus begins to explain what he was trying to teach. Here's what he says. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in their heart. This is the seed sown uh, along the path. Now, here's what Jesus said. He says, look, uh, there's, there's some seed. And, and that seed, uh, when it gets sown, is going to get sown along the path. And, it, and it's interesting that Jesus uses a path here because you think about it. A path is where people walk. So by the, its very use... Uh, the path has gotten hard and packed. And he says, look, sometimes this story about me, the story of the kingdom, is going to fall on people's hearts, but their hearts are like the path. They're already hard because maybe of circumstances that have gone in their life and moments that they just absolutely couldn't explain. Maybe they have times when they go, God, look, how could you, if you're real, how could you do that to me? If you're real, how could my parents get divorced? Uh, if you're real, how could he break up with me? If you're real, how come my child died? And things have happened in their life, and over that time, the path has gotten hard. And so now when they encounter the story of Jesus, they, it, it's hard to let the seed find a place. And, and in the midst of that, they, they hesitate to believe in Jesus. You know, maybe they say to themselves, look, I, I just can't believe this whole thing about a Savior dying on a cross for me. I, I just still feel like I should have to do something to, to get to heaven. I, I, I should be religious or get baptized or something, but I, this whole thing of just asking Him to forgive. Or, or maybe they say, look, you know, I, I, I'm, I, maybe I need to get better before I can become a Christian. And whatever it is, the seed doesn't take hold in their lives, and they pause in the moment. And Jesus warns, and he says, look, here's the thing. Uh, if your heart ends up being like that hard path, if you pause on this story of me, uh, you just need to know 
uh, there's an enemy. And the enemy will come, and the enemy will do his very, very best in your life to make sure that seed never takes hold. See, he'll, he'll whisper in your ear and say, look, look, I know, I know, last Sunday, last Sunday, you, you thought you were being convicted, and, and you felt under a lot of emotion, and you almost, you know, made this decision, but look, that, that was just the emotion of the moment. Don't, don't, don't get swept away in that. He'll say, look, look, here's the deal. You, you've done stuff in your life. Jesus could never forgive that stuff, so... You, 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 better, you better do some good things to balance out the bad things before you, you know, decide to, I mean, be a Christ follower. He'll say, look, you got a lot of life to live, and, 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 and why don't you just go out and do everything you want to do, and then when you're like old and it doesn't matter anymore, then you could become a Christian. And, and whatever he said, and Jesus says, you just got to be careful this moment, because here's what he'll do. He will do anything that he can to possibly get you to pause, to keep your heart hard, and that you miss this story. Jesus said, it's like the birds of the air coming and eating the seeds, and pretty soon they'll be gone, and you'll no longer feel drawn to Jesus. Now, here's the deal. Those people, those people that uh, are the hard path, who never let the seed get, they're not Christ followers, they're not Christians, they ha- they're not even involved in the maturity on conversation. But the rest of the parable now talks about people who the seed took heart in. It, it, it began to do something. In other words, the rest of the parable is about Christians who actually chose to become Christ followers, and now Jesus is going to describe this process of maturity and why it doesn't always work uh, in the life of a Christian. So let's go back to the passage. Verse 20, here's what he says. He says, now some of the seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word. In other words, you get it. They, they've accepted Jesus. They got it. They got it. They said, look, I, I'm going to be a Christ follower. I'm asking Jesus in my heart. I'm becoming a Christian. But they are rocky soil. Here's what he says. Uh, the seed falling on the rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and once receives it with joy. But since there's no root... They only last a short time, and when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, you ready? They quickly fall away. Here's what Jesus says. He says, look, some people are going to believe in me, but they're rocky soil. And here's what rocky soil is. Every one of these rocks is, is a place in which you and I believe we're smarter than God. See, it, it, it's, this is a person who says, look, I trust God for salvation, I just don't trust God for my life. Because there's some really dumb things in the Bible. <laughs> there, there's some stuff there that I just, I just can't get my head around, and I, and I, I, just, I just refuse to believe that. Uh, this is the couple uh, living together. And they go, no, 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 I, I get what Scripture says about this, and I, I get the Scripture says, look, if I'm, I'm not treating uh, the one that I love, in honor and respect for their body, and, and I begin to get caught up in lust, that I either ought to figure out this is the right person to marry, or I ought to break up. But the one thing I don't do is sleep with them. But you get this as the 21st century. And that, that's, that is so antiquated and old. I mean, how, how would you even know if you're compatible if you don't sleep together? See, this is, this is a Christian who says, forgive? Are you kidding? Why would I forgive them? You don't understand what they did to me. And, 
and I get it. I get that the Bible's probably trying to teach that most often, most often I ought to be a forgiving person, but there's got to be exception to that, right? I mean, there's got to be a time when someone's hurt you so bad and done something so wrong that you and I are no longer required to forgive, because if it doesn't, then the Bible's just dumb. This is the wife who says, respect my husband. I'll respect him the day he does something respectable. See, I, I, this whole thing about, about honoring your husband and, and, and who wrote that? That it had to be a man. And I'm, I'm just telling you, when he begins to treat me the way that I ought to be, then, then I'll treat him the way that he ought to be treated. See, see you get this. You get, you get that the rocky soil is every place that you and I argue with God. It's every place in our lives that we're pretty sure that we're smarter than him and we're smarter than Scripture. And we go, look, here's the deal. I, I'm just going to live that part of my life my way. And, and, and here's the problem. When you and I do that, there's too much of us in us. So let me ask you a question today. Are you a rocky soil Christian? Are, are you a Christian that has a whole bunch of arguments about why that part of the Bible doesn't apply to you, why, why you shouldn't have to do that in your life, why it's okay that you're disobedient in that regard? And if you are, then you're a rocky soil Christian. And here's what you need to hear. Jesus says, if you, if you stay a rocky soil Christian, you will never make it on this journey. Because, because, you ready? He says, when I go to plant in you, there's not enough room for soil. There, there's, there's no way that roots get down in this far enough. And he says, look, you're going you're gonna to end up persecuted. Guys, can, can I just tell you right now, this following Jesus thing is hard. Any person out there who says that being a Christian is for wimps has never tried it. Next time someone comes to you and says, hey, uh, you know, everybody needs a crutch and you're all a bunch of little religious sissies, say, oh yeah, try it. Because you'll wimp out in three weeks. This is the hardest thing that you and I will ever do. And Jesus says, look, here's the deal. If, if you're a rocky soil Christian, there's too much of you in you. When stuff gets hard and when it's not working the way you wanted it to work, you will wither up. You will dry up in your life and you'll be done with Jesus. You'll, you'll be out of the room and you'll never become mature. Matter of fact, uh, grab your Bibles uh, real quick. Go with me to Luke chapter 9. It's going to be just a little bit to the right in your Bible. Luke chapter 9. This is, this is Jesus talking about what it means to be a disciple of him. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Here's what Jesus says. You ready? Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. Isn't it interesting? Guess what the first prerequisite of being a follower of Jesus was? 
deny yourself. And what Jesus is saying in that moment, he says, all these places where you're being stubborn and, and you think you're right, the only way you're going to get this done is if you get rid of these. Because there's too much of you in you. And, and you're going to have to start saying, look, I may not understand that, I, I don't get that, but, but I'm just going to choose to follow. Let me ask you a question. If this is doomed to fail, which Jesus says it is, I mean, if you, if you do this and Jesus, you're doomed to fail, why do we do this? What, what motivates us to be rocky soil Christians and argue with God about how to live our lives? And here's the bottom line. Isn't the truth, it's fear. It's, it's, it's an absolutely deeply felt fear that says, look, if I do that, if I, if I begin to, to lay aside my arguments and, and, and just do what Scripture, I'll lose control. I, I'll, I'll no longer be in charge. And here's the answer. You will. You will. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, you will lose control. Because following Jesus Christ means making him Lord. Which means you bow the knee and you say, look, here's the deal. I, I am going to follow you. I, I, I am going to surrender to you in every part of my life. And especially, you ready for this? Especially the parts I don't agree with. And especially the parts I don't understand. And especially the parts that if I were God, I would have never written that. Because you're Lord, and I'm not. And I'm just telling you that if you're going to be a fully devoted, mature follower of Christ, you will. Your fears will come true. You'll lose control. But the only way that you and I are going to make it is that if there's, a, there's enough of us not in us anymore that God can fill it in with enough soil to actually grow something in our lives. There's a third type of soil, so grab your Bibles. Go back to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13, verse uh, 22. <clears throat> Here's what he says. The seed uh, falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of life, and, and, and this word worries is probably translated uh, poorly. It's the concerns. It's the it's the wants of life. The worries of life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. And Jesus says, okay, so here's the deal. Uh, some, uh, some who receive the word and they actually become uh, followers of me are going to be weedy Christians. Uh, there, there's going to be uh, weeds in their soil. And, and those weeds are uh, what Jesus calls the concerns of life. And you know what it really is, guys? It's all the things that I loved about my former life that I don't want to give up to follow Jesus. 
It's all of my sin that I know if if I follow Jesus, I I probably shouldn't, but I've decided I'm going to take the best of my sinful life and bring it now into my Christian life. See, I'm bringing the weeds with me. This guy who says, hey, look, here's the deal. I, I, you know, I'm going to be a Christ follower. I'm just going to bring my porn along. Hey, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a Christ follower. I'm just going to bring my bitterness and my hatred with me. See, here's, here's the deal. I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to uh, follow Jesus. I, I, I'm just going to be a chronic liar while I do it. And this is the Christian who's, who attempts in their life to say, look, I'm, I'm going I'm to have the best of both worlds. I'm going to have one foot in the kingdom where I'm following Jesus. I'm just going to bring my past life. I'm going to bring the best sins I had into my new life in Christ. I'm, I'm going I'm to bring the weeds. Because what's a few weeds amongst friends? And you get what Jesus said. That'll choke you out. You, you do this, uh, you, you will never make it to maturity. Uh, you, matter of fact, you'll, you'll give up on me uh, before it's all said and done. Uh, you just will. See, here's, here's what we do. Uh, we... we we somehow uh, believe that we can, we can stay attached to who we used to be, to the, to the sin uh, that we used to do. And, and the plan is we're just going to lug this along with us uh, as we go. And here's what we would we go, look, I get it. I get that I'm probably going to go a little bit slower in Jesus with this, but here's the deal. It's going to be funner. <laughs> and, and so uh, we, we bring this along with us into this new life in Jesus. That this whole thing of, of sin in our past and somehow we kid ourselves that we're going to make it. And Jesus says, no, you'll, you'll never make it. Because here's the deal. Uh, while we're going on smooth paths and stuff, you know, maybe, maybe you can lug that. But it's a really bad idea if you've got to swim. <laughs> and can I just say to you, that somewhere along this journey, uh, you'll have to swim. Somewhere, uh, as you follow Jesus, you'll be barely treading water. And, and if you've got the sin of your past dragging you down, you won't make it. Matter of fact, uh, grab your Bibles again really quick. And uh, go with me over to Philippians chapter 3. It's going to be a little bit to the right in your Bible. Philippians chapter 3. This is uh, Paul talking. And here's what he says. Philippians chapter 3 starting in verse 13. He says... Hey, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. And he was talking about this idea of maturity. He says, look, guys, I'm, I'm not trying to tell you I'm fully cooked yet. I'm not telling you that I've arrived in, in maturity yet. I'm on this journey. I'm just like you. I'm trying to be more like Jesus, and I'm trying to grow. 
But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the mark, the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. All of us then who are, next word, mature, should take such a view of things. And, and you, get, you get what uh, he's saying. He's saying, look, here's the deal. I forget what my form, I, I put all of my former life, all the yuck I used to do in my life, and he says, look, I leave that behind so that I can move forward unhampered into growing up in Jesus. He says, look, I, you can't get there dragging that with you. So let me ask you a question. Any of us in the room, we be Christians. And you'd have to just be honest in the moment and say, Lynn, I, I am. I'm, I'm one of those people who, despite wanting to follow Jesus, I'm bringing a whole bunch of old habits and old sin in my life with me. You're a weedy Christian. Why do we do that? And you get the answer again, is fear. It's fear that somehow if we don't bring that sin with us, we're going to miss out on something. That somehow we're going to get shortchanged in life. And here's the answer. You will. If you decide to follow Jesus with abandon, you're going to miss out. There's stuff you'll never get to experience in life. Uh, you'll never experience coughing up blood in a hospital room because you smoke cigarettes for 50 years. You'll miss out. Uh, you're going to miss out being in a marriage where there's absolutely no intimacy because your, your heart has been so scarred over and your soul has no capacity to connect with your loved one because you watched porn every night. You're right. You'll miss out. You, you'll miss out living in a street gutter because your addiction has consumed you. You, you'll, you'll miss out on being disconnected from people that you love because you've carried bitterness and anger all your life. You're right, you'll miss out. Praise God for missing out. There's the third type of soil. Fourth type of soil. Go back to the passage. Here's what Jesus says. He says, verse 22, 23. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. Uh, this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times uh, what was sown. Here's, here's the part that I think is interesting as Jesus has this conversation. He says, look, there's, there's going to be believers who aren't, aren't going to be caught up with the rocks and aren't going to argue with me along the way. There's going to be believers who get it and, and they leave their past sin and habits behind. But even amongst the good soil followers of me, some are going to produce 30-fold, some are going to produce 60-fold, some are going to produce 100-fold. And here's my question. What's the difference? I mean, you would think if I stopped arguing with God, you'd, 
You'd, you'd think if, if I left my sin behind and said, look, I'm just going to follow God with all my sin, you'd think we'd all be hundredfold, wouldn't you? And yet Jesus says, no, some of you will be thirtyfold, and some of you will be sixtyfold, and some, some will be a hundredfold. What's the difference? Hesitation. Hesitation. See, because we're all going to hear the same things, and we're, we're all going to be convicted about them, and we're all going to know what we ought to do. Some of us are just going to hesitate to do it. See, some of us, is, as we go to follow Jesus, and, and we're going to go, okay, okay, I know I ought to forgive that in, in my I, I get it. I, I know we, I ought to do it. I, I just don't think I'm ready for it yet. So here's what, maybe if I forgive a little bit, See, some of us will say, look, I, I, I know, I know I ought to be serving. I know that Scripture says that God created me to be a part of the body of Christ and that He gifted me in ways that everybody is waiting on me to do my part so the body can grow and be blessed. But do you know how busy I am right now? What if I, what if I serve like once a year? I know I ought to give. <laughs> I know I ought to give, but I, I'm, if you knew where my finances were right now, and I know, I know Scripture talks about this idea of giving the first fruits because when you do that, it puts God first in your life. But here's the deal. I, I just got some other bills, and they're going to turn into rotten fruits real quick. So here's the, maybe when I pay off, maybe when it makes more, but, but I'll give a little bit. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll tip God a little more on Sunday. And we move, you ready for this? We move in the areas of obedience with hesitation. Which means, are you ready for this? It is absolutely possible for someone who has not been a Christian nearly as long as you to absolutely pass you up in maturity. See, some of us in this room, you've been Christians for 15 years, and, and, and you've only gotten this far because you have been a hesitant follower of Jesus Christ. And the reality is, at the rate you're going, you'll be lucky to be a 30-fold Christian by the time you're done. But there, there are people who got saved last week. There are people who invited Jesus in their heart last week in our services who are going to decide to absolutely follow Jesus without apology, to fearlessly grow in maturity. And when someone comes to them and says, hey, uh, here's the deal. You need to forgive the people who hurt you. They go, oh, okay, if that's what God says. And then they'll come the moment, they'll say, look, here's the thing. You need to serve in the church because God created you to, and they'll go, wow, where can I, well, I'll do anything I can do. I mean, this is the greatest thing in my life. And someone will say, hey, you need to tithe because when you tithe, it puts God, for, and they'll go, well, okay, if that's what scripture says. And they will leave you in their dust now, for some of us in this room that are brand new believers, that ought to be encouraging. You ought to be going, man, I am going to pass up all these duds. But there are some of us in the room who that ought to terrify. The idea that people who became Christians way, way after us will become hundredfold Christians ahead of us. Matter of fact, grab your Bibles again one last time this morning. It's Hebrews chapter 5. It's going to be almost to the back of your Bible. Hebrews chapter 5. 
verse 11. Here's what it says about this issue of maturity. It says, we have much to say about this, talking about maturity, but it's hard uh, to make it clear to you because you no longer are trying to understand. In fact, ready for this? Though by this time, you see, look, you, you've been a Christian long enough. I mean, you've, you've been in church long enough. You've been around Jesus long enough. By this time, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You, instead, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's Word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So let me just ask you a question. By this time, by the time you've been a Christian, as long as you've been a Christian, where should you be? How far along in this growing up in Jesus should you, I mean, if you had given control to Christ and you had followed Him with abandon and you had trusted Him, how far should you be right now? By this time. And what if, what if for a year you simply said to God, I will fearlessly follow you. I will put aside all of my concerns. I will put aside all of my excuses. I'll put aside my fear of losing control. I'll put aside my fear of missing out. And I will follow you fearlessly. And you can grow me up. You can take me as far as you want to take me in the next 12 months. It's an interesting passage because look how it closes. Go back with me to verse 14. It says, but solid food is for the mature who have, you ready for this? By constant use have trained themselves. And guys, I'm just going to, you just need to hear this. You will not get far enough sitting in the purple chairs. You cannot be passive and wait for someone else to feed you every time and go to where you need to go in Jesus Christ. These people got there because they, by constant use, they've trained themselves to grow up in Jesus, which simply means this. You're going to have to become as committed to maturity as your church is. You're just going to say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to do what's uncomfortable. I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to be in for, I'm going to let God for 12 months fearlessly mature me in my life. So let me tell you some things we've got going on here. Uh, you, you've already seen, we're committed enough to maturity. We've got tents outside. And guys, if, if, if you get serious about this and you start joining small churches, then we're going to have to put up more tents. And we're going to meet outside in the cold and we're going to have little space heaters while we study our Bibles and grow up in Jesus. And, and the truth is, the people in the tents, those are the heroes, those are the warriors, those are the ones that say, I'm not going to let excuse stop me from growing up in Jesus. And if we did this right, we'd have tents all over the place out there with Christians growing in Jesus. And secular people, people that don't understand God, they go, what in the heck are the tents doing in your church? We're growing up in Jesus. We're becoming nomads. We have tents. 
Now, the truth is, guys, somewhere we're going to have to build a better building, right? We're going to have to knock out these walls. and we're, Somewhere, if we get serious about maturity, we're going to have to build an adult building that has rooms in it with heaters, and we're going to have to do that. But, you know, that'll happen when we get serious about maturity. You need to know that this year, part of the plan and part of the hope of what we're going to do is we want to get an adult ministries person in the room. Uh, we've had a position that uh, some of you would remember George Bedley and filled about four or five years ago. We, when George retired, we didn't hire it because of money. If we got serious about maturity, we're going to have to refund that position. We're going to have to get somebody here who helps us be better in every single adult ministry at getting mature and someone who's going to beat the drum for us and move us forward. We're going to have to re commission that position in our church. But here's, here's the deal that you and I have got to do more immediately because there's no excuse for anybody in this room not to be growing in Jesus by leaps and bounds. But it's going to take some effort on your part. It's going to take by constant use and training themselves, which means you're going to have to get involved in one of our areas of maturity. And, and we've got five, so let, let me give them to you real quickly. Uh, you and I have small churches. We've been talking about that. That's the groups that meet up and down that hall. Guys, this is the easiest thing in the world. You come to church one hour on Sunday, and then you stay. Your kids are already in childcare. You stay and go to a small church so that you're living in a community with people who know your name and care about you and know your kids' names. And when you're in the hospital, they visit you. But you study Scripture together for an hour, and then you're done. We've got small groups. And if you say, look, I just, I can't do two hours on Sunday, I, we got small groups. We've got people meeting in houses all over this community who are taking an evening out of their lives because they're fearlessly committed to growing and they're in small groups studying scripture together, holding each other accountable. We've got men's ministry and we've got men who are studying how to be great husbands and how to leave porn behind and, and, also, just huge stuff for men, and it's all in men's ministry. We've got women's ministry, and we've got women that are learning in community and growing together and studying God's Word together. And then, guys, guys, every Tuesday night in this room, we have hundreds of believers who come in this room for the mind, which is simply a verse by verse. I mean, you talk about dig deep Bible study so that you learn the Word of God at 7 o'clock every Tuesday night. And I'm just going to tell you, if you and I are going to fearlessly follow God into maturity in 2013, it won't happen in the purple chair. You and I will do something more. <laughs> Hebrews would say, by constant use, we will train ourselves. And so here's, here's just what I'm going to ask you to consider today. On your weekly that you got, I'm going to ask you to consider filling out your weekly. And on the very back in the very bottom corner of the weekly... It has all the maturity options I just told you about, except the mine, because the mine, you just show up on Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, you're in. But every single other one, men's, women's, small churches, small groups, and I'm going to ask you to consider putting yourself on the spot, filling that card out, check one of the boxes, say, I think I'm most interested in a small group. I think I'm most interested in the men's ministry, and put it, put it down. And when the offering plate comes in, you drop it in. I, I'm, I'm going to fearlessly... Go after maturity. I'm going to fearlessly let God grow me up. And, and here's, here's the place I think I'm most interested in. And you drop it in the offering plate today. What would it mean? What would it mean in your life and mine if we put away all the excuses 
we stepped beyond our fear and fearlessly offered our lives to God for a year and said, grow me up as much as you can in the next 12 months. Let's bow our heads. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, we, uh, we know in our hearts that some of us are rocky soil, and, and we've been arguing with you. There's too much of us in us. Some of us are weedy soil. We, we've brought a whole bunch of our past life into this Christian life, and it is absolutely slowing us down. And God, some of us, some of us, although we've gotten past that, we're hesitant followers of you. We, we've wrestled with you all along the way. We've, we've been slow in our discipleship. We're, we're going to be lucky from here to even be a 30-fold Christian. And today, today we're going to become fearless. Today, we're just going to say to the Lord of our lives, look, you, you do whatever you need to do in me. I, I will fearlessly grow up and mature over the next 12 months. You can teach me whatever you need to teach me. You can take me wherever you need to take me. But I'm going to co-op. I'm going to engage in this. I am, I am through constant use and training. I'm going to grow like I have never grown before. That's what I'm going to do as I fearlessly follow you. God, may that be the prayer of Cornerstone. In Jesus' name.